All righty. We are back with your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly, episode number 470. And we're recording live on June the 23rd. Abriana, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Did you have a good Father's Day? I did have a good Father's Day. The weather's been hot and good, and we were able to celebrate outside and be with family, and so that was good. And today I got my first haircut, like real haircut, in like three months or whatever, you know, so other than my wife cutting it. So, yeah, so that was good. Um, yeah, you know, things are looking up. What can I say? Nice. Very How about Jerome? What did he do? Uh, you know, well, on, on the actual Father's Day, we kind of just hung out. Um, I had ordered like some specialty, um, I, I guess they're like sausages or like grilling stuff from this yummy place that we grilled. And, uh, but the day before we went to this park where there, there's like a waterfall and we hiked as a family and just kind of hung out by the river and it was really fun and nice. So we had a good weekend and just, you know, relaxed. And obviously we had Juneteenth that Friday. So it was like a, you know, a weekend of celebrations here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty good. Awesome. But awesome. yeah, we are definitely in the hot and, you know, humid humidity that Atlanta brings, but I know that you are too. So, um, yeah, unusually abnormal. So. Yeah. It's weird. It's very weird. To be like this hot up here at this time of year, but anyhow, We'll take it because who knows? I mean, it, it could be gone soon. We'll see. Yeah, that's right. All right. Anyhow, uh, we have a good show for you. We have four stories for you this week. Uh, our guest had to postpone again, so we'll uh, push that out um, to next week. But uh, we've got uh, a bunch of interesting things to talk about. Um, and as per usual, I'll let uh, Abriana kick us off because, you know, we're talking about girl stuff. So there you go. <laughs> We are talking about girl stuff and a company that we've talked about a few times before, uh, L'Oreal. So L'Oreal owns the company called Maudie Face, or I guess it's Maudie Face. Yeah. Um, and uh, so they have, it's actually, Maudie Face is more of like an app developer and they do a lot of cool AR stuff. They've done things where you can try on different hair colors. They have where you can try on different, you know, makeup, like eye, uh, eye shadows and lipsticks and things of that nature. And now they're uh, partnering with Amazon, which is pretty cool. So that on Amazon, you can do this virtual cosmetic testing. So you can basically like virtually try on all of these colors, look at something that, you know, matches your skin tone. And you can do this with a selfie or a live video. Um, and you can do with a few different brands that they have, the L'Oreal Canada, L'Oreal Paris, Maybelline New York, and the NYX uh, professional makeup brands. So it's kind of fun. I was actually, um, it's funny that I got this story because earlier this week I was uh, talking to my friend and I was like saying, I don't know, it's probably just from being like in quarantine for so long, you start thinking of doing crazy stuff to your hair. At first I had like the idea that I wanted to dye my hair like really dark blue, like dark blue jean blue. Um, and then I was like, well, maybe I should see if I would look good as a blonde. So I was reminded when I saw this, I'm like, oh, I should try their, you know, their hair color app. Um, so I was doing that for a little bit. Um, but you know, you have to like pay for the extra good version if you don't right. want to just try on like green hair and stuff. So I only got so far with that. Um, but yeah, you know, you can let me know what you think about the story, but you could also let me know if I should just go blonde or blue. 
I, at I the end know. of the day, it's whatever Jerome says. Like, I mean, I, I got no opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he cares. I don't think he has a, a preference as long as I like it. But um, I don't know. I'm sure my kids th would think it'd be great if I was like, you know. Had I think blue could be cool. Him. I don't know. I mean. <laughs> I know. Yep, for sure. Maybe a temporary one, right? Yeah, exactly. We'll start with that. Yeah, okay. just like those temporary <laughs> tattoos, you know, you just kind of just try it out for a while, see if you like it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the, I, I, this is super interesting. I, I think that uh, Modiface is a, a Toronto-based company right up here where I am. And um, yeah, I, I think the, you know, the Amazon part of this uh, to me is interesting because they're really, Amazon's really trying to push hard into mainstream brands uh in partnerships with you know whether it's 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 big retail uh names like jc or what have you or sears that they partnered with or you know kind of moving into kind of the consumer facing cpg type brands like l'oreal here so i think um you know we're going to see more of this from amazon i think you know we've talked recently about what they're doing in groceries and in pharmaceuticals and you know those types of products so they're really trying to become you know sort of that go-to place for everything and especially when you're talking about not just hey I'm looking for you know some sort of uh, you know specialized thing I can't find you know in the local store but to be like the products that we use every day um, whether that's cosmetics or what have you and be able to find the brands that we like and to potentially find it at a better price or, you know, a better, quicker availability, uh, I think makes sense. And I think I, I like things like this that let you experiment, let you try on different things. Cause I think it's, it's really neat. And I, I was reading yesterday too, just as a sidebar, Facebook's got some new technology that they're working on that takes 2d images and converts them into 3d models of people um for trying on and so it's really could change e-commerce you know drastically in the next little while if they're able to kind of pull that off so i think you're going to see a, a, a big movement now towards these types of virtual uh try-ons virtual measurements virtual you know sort of just product sampling um if you will to to use a more generic term because you know so many people are choosing to stay home not go into the stores um you know, and, and kind of really move to that to that online environment. So I, I think timing is really good for these types of technologies. I think we're going to see an explosion of, of that. And so good on Amazon for, you know, teaming up with L'Oreal and Montface. Yeah, know? it's just too bad they didn't have something ready to go. Like, you know, everybody's using these Zoom virtual backgrounds. Like, could we not just have virtual makeup and clothes we could put on just roll out of bed and be in front of your computer and not have to even, you know, fix there. your face. There's definitely something there, you know, like, yeah, I think they should come out with some kind of virtual, you know, look for people, not just change the background, change the foreground. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, alrighty. Um, second story. So Panasonic's lighting division, Panasonic Lighting America has teamed up with Pointer. And this is a company that uh, we covered, I don't know, it's been a couple of years, I think, since we've talked about Pointer on the show. Um, but, you know, like all the lighting guys out there, Acuity and GE and Philips and all these guys that we talk about who are, you know, members of the LVMA and so on. Uh, you know, Panasonic is, uh, you know, is, is, is a player in this space, obviously. 
Um, and it's interesting because the, we, you know, this is a solution that really is about indoor positioning, indoor, you know, using beacons uh, embedded into lighting systems, uh, powered through the lighting systems to understand, you know, where people are in buildings, using that to deliver real-time location-based services within a physical space. Um, so, you know, I, I, my, my, here's the challenge I have with this. I think there are a lot of use cases for the data here in terms of understanding, you know, sort of the new reality of retail, which is the COVID reality of retail. Physical uh, distancing, gathering size, you know, restrictions throughout buildings. So if you take a property like a Walmart or any big box store, you know, using this type of technology, I think you can actually, you know, see some real benefits from that. Not unlike what we talked about with what we're doing at ground level, you know, using video analytics to measure some of those things over CCTV cameras. So I think there's use cases there. If we're talking about marketing and real time offers and messages, I th personally, I think the time for that has passed. Um, I think people are right now, it's all about get in, get what you need and get out. And um, so I don't think there's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of opportunity to influence purchase decisions in store uh, in the same way that we may have, you know, with the early days of beacon marketing and, and things like that. So, but as a data platform integrated into the lighting systems, I love it. And I think that's where all these guys should be going, but that's, that's just my personal sort of view on, on this. You? Yeah, I agree. I think that, um, well, you know, we've seen some of the bigger brands, like you mentioned, Acuity, sort of move away from the marketing and advertising play with the, the location-based lighting at this point. Like, it, I'm sure they're still offering it, but it's not their main focus in terms of sales, right? Like, they're more focused on... Um, probably like warehouse solutions and, and things of that nature. And I think the reason for that is, is uh, probably twofold, right? I think that on one hand, you know, having to go in and integrate a lot of hardware, even though you know it's going to be, um, be there for a long time because of the longevity of these, these smart lights and everything um, as compared to just traditional lighting options currently is hard, it's a hard sell. Um, and then, you know, bringing in the SDK into an app and having to link all of those things together, you know, using Target as an example, I think it presents a lot of, it's, it's a very long tail cell and it's very, it's very complicated where I think that there, I think the future is having an understanding, you know, being able to use that data of how people move throughout the store and maybe even sell it back to the brands, this, you know, the SKUs, the CPGs that are within all of those stores. Um, because I think that that's going to change whether they're, you know, consumer behavior is likely different in a Walmart versus a Target versus a Nordstrom. And having the ability to understand how people move around, um, not only, you know, throughout the store, but also interacting with the different things on the shelf, all of those things I think are important. And I think there's a lot of um, opportunity for that. However, you know, then you are presented with other challenges like how do I share the data in a privacy sensitive way? Um, how do I, you know, how do I retarget audiences based on their behavior tied to these things? So I think there's a lot of layers to it and it's great that we have the capability of it, but I think from a business perspective, we're just not there yet um, for it being something that businesses are willing to really invest in. 
and obviously layer in the whole consumer shopping behavior is completely changed right now because of COVID, you know, there's a lot of challenges, but I do think that it's, you know, it's interesting and maybe this is them testing out something bigger so that when people are back in the stores, uh, like they were a year ago, that they have something ready to roll. I don't know. Yeah. And, and so, so I, I think we're in alignment. I think it's all about data. I think that, you know, there's lots of use cases, you know, for even non people touching stuff, you know, ro you know, moving drones, moving robots, moving, you know, things for picking and packing and warehousing and, and things like that using the same data. So, you know, I, I absolutely buy into that. I think, you know, as long as they stay sort of focused on the data side and using data to optimize, you know, either the performance or the planogram or, you know, those other aspects of it and not really focus it on kind of consumer facing, you know, marketing and influence. I think they're, you know, this is a really great uh, partnership. I think if you do want to go down that road of marketing, I think you, you have to shift it now away from sort of here's an offer on your phone to maybe some sort of real time connectivity to digital signage or something like that that's in the venue. Uh, to kind of flash up, you know, messages or offers or something like that, that people can visually see and not have to get their phone and interact or do that. And good thing is, is we're talking about Panasonic here. So Panasonic also happens to be a very large player in the digital signage space. So maybe the lighting division and the digital signage division can team up and come up with some interesting use case there as well. So there you go. All right. Uh, so that's our first two stories. Uh, moving on now to Brazil, Abriana's got a, a pretty cool one from one of our favorite uh, members. Yeah, so we talk about Burger King a lot. It seems they are always innovating and doing really cool um, and fun and quirky campaigns. Uh, and I like that they do this beyond just North America. So um, what they're doing in Brazil in order to promote, you know, staying at home and also promote their products is they have um, have done this reward system where basically like the longer that you are staying at home or you know in lockdown, the more points and you know rewards that you can redeem or exchange for Burger King goods. So um, basically, they have the the mobile apps geolocation that they're using, and obviously customers who participate have to opt in. So there's not really any privacy concerns there. And then they get free vouchers for food that accumulate for the, you know, the, as they spend more time at home. Um, so they worked with um, agencies called David Miami and David, uh, I guess it's David, but the locations in Miami and Sao Paulo. And they just started the campaign on June 4th. Um, and what I like about this campaign is like, it's fun and it is um, obviously beneficial to, you know, helping people be motivated maybe not to go out as often and but what I think is really unique is that they are also able to use this data for future advertising and marketing so having an understanding of consumer behavior where they live where they go you know their other points of interest maybe um, that that they are they're visiting that's going to give them I think um, a, a great opportunity to use that data once things are a little bit more open and I mean, even currently, right? Like having an understanding of maybe uh, a competitive analysis and, you know, where else are they shopping and um, things like that, I think could be really beneficial. So 
I mean, we've seen them do just uh, recently another one that they did in the US. They allowed people to send uh, customers that use the app to send, you know, thank you messages for the frontline workers and employees who have, you know, been out even during the epidemic. And so I think that they're always just doing all kinds of fun stuff. I like that they do use geolocation a lot. Um, within a lot of their their campaigns and they do it in a way that I think is really really beneficial for them because uh, one obviously it's privacy focused but it's also helping them generate and create more of their own first party data and getting a better understanding of their consumers so um, yeah another win for Burger King yeah they, they they're constantly at it I you know like you said I love that they're big uh, proponents and users of geolocation data, you know, from the traffic jam Whopper, which is my favorite, still my favorite campaign, in city. <laughs> um, you know, delivering Whoppers to, you know, via motorcycle in the middle of traffic jams, you know, geofencing around that. So I love that campaign to, uh, to this, um, which is, you know, Brazil is number two right now in the world in cases and, and you know growth of cases of the virus so getting people to stay home you know i, I don't know who's worse the madero or, or trump but like they're both like i don't know if they're from the same playbook or something like they just don't seem to you know think that anything needs to get done and uh to help slow this down so anyhow um at least Burger King is trying, and I really, I, I really applaud their efforts here uh, to encourage people to stay home and and reward them uh, for doing so. So I think it's brilliant. I think the data that they get, as you described, uh, is huge as well. I think any any consumer facing brand like this, you know, this, you know, half your business is about what you know about customers and the data that you have on them and how you can find, you know, more people that uh, behave the same lookalikes and so on. So I think uh, building that profile and having that data is, is massive. So um, obviously we, you, you need to constantly walk that line too with, uh, with privacy and whatnot. But uh, I think these guys do a, a really great job of uh, sort of managing that, that utility, that exchange of value. In this case, you know, free food, you know, for keeping people safe. And at the same time, getting some data and getting their brand across. So great combination. All right. Final story uh, for this week. Facebook has made an acquisition in the location space, a company called Mapillary. Um, and uh, this one, I, we, I didn't see any numbers. I don't know if you caught any numbers this week on the size of this deal, but they bought this company. And um, yeah, it, it's... Uh, they they said like the mapillary users uh their data will remain uh for them to upload their images and use the map data as it was so there's nothing that they need to kind of worry about there um that you know their service is all about um visual mapping data and uh imagery around places and um that's something that obviously you know we've not seen in in facebook itself so I think this is, you know, could be quite complimentary. Um, Mapillary is, uh, has also been based for a long time on OpenStreetMap. They say that uh, their commitment to that remains uh, and to the free wiki world map uh, will continue um, with their editors that have been working on that project. So they're not sort of, you know, disbanding that aspect of it. Cause, and I think for, for companies that sort of come out of that breed of, you know, sort of open data, you know, open maps, um, you know, contributing to, you know, the, 
sort of the global data set, if you will. Um, you know, there, there, there are many companies that are always big fans of that, right? And many individuals that are big fans of that. And I think if you, when you become part of a corporate machine like Facebook, um, that can always, you know, create a lot of concern. I, I remember going way, way back to an acquisition that they made uh, the year, well, about a year, I'm going to say a year after we started the LVMA. So around 2011, maybe early 2012, um, Facebook acquired a company called Goala. And Goala was uh, the ma major competitor at the time to Foursquare, uh, you know, check-ins and so on and so forth. And uh, Goala was much more on sort of the, uh, they, they had, a, I'll say, a, a much more um, just, you know, really a fan base is the best way I can describe it. You know, just people who are enthusiastic about the platform, love sharing the platform, love talking about the platform, um, and really engaged with it. And then when Facebook acquired them, there was... You know, sort of this sort of uh, everybody kind of throwing their arms up saying, well, what, what are you doing? We don't want Facebook to have our data. We were happy for you to have our data, but we don't want Facebook to have our data. And so th that's something that I think Facebook has, has had to learn over the years as they've done acquisitions in terms of how to maintain that sort of separation, how to kind of keep people comfortable about where their data is going to go. And especially right now, given the environment that Facebook is in and kind of where their politics stands at the moment, um, you know, with their leadership and, you know, some of the employees, you know, walking away. And, and I think there's a lot of things to be concerned about. And yet at the same time, they're trying to move forward as a company, obviously with acquisitions like this to kind of really ramp up their stable of, of, of technology and services in terms of what they can do. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think probably for, again, I don't know any numbers on the deal. I haven't seen anything published or posted, but I think from a mapillary perspective, um, you know, probably gives them a nice home, a nice place to kind of settle into in terms of uh, just more people, more resources, you know, you know, more cash to go do whatever it is that, you know, they want to do in terms of grow and expand um, with some anonymity and some ability to kind of keep doing some of the, you know, noble work that they were doing. Um, and at the same time, giving Facebook, you know, some technology chops in, in a part of the geo space that they haven't had up until now. I know they, I was reading, they also recently bought a company called Scape Technologies out of London uh, that is heavy into sort of um, GPS technologies, computer vision, um, you know, using cameras to understand the surroundings of, of places as well. So it seems like they're moving heavy into sort of the image-based aspects of map data. Um, with both of these acquisitions. So we'll see. Any thoughts from you? Yeah, I, yeah. so I was trying to remember, I know that I had met the COO from Mapillary um, and I can't remember exactly where I met her, Janine Jung, but I think this is interesting. Um, and I think that there's, there's, like you mentioned, right? I think there's some level of concern with these types of acquisitions, especially with Facebook and the current climate. And then there's some levels of, um, you know, there's potential use cases where it could be really beneficial. So I would say like levels, things to be concerned about are when we have seen a lot of the headlines recently with um, maybe Facebook and, and their, uh, their determination on how they will allow certain advertising and, um, you know, the 
the ability to push out news that we know is not necessarily uh, based on facts. And, um, and I think like within the political spectrum, specifically here in the States, you know, there's a lot of questions that something like this makes uh, concerning, right? Like, are there, you know, were there protesters in this area? And if it's geotagged, being able to find and, and identify people maybe when that's not necessarily what they wanted. Um, so I think there's some concerns, like when you think about everything that's going on currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think there's a lot of opportunities as well. So when you think about things like, uh, human trafficking and, and, um, you know, child sex trafficking and things of the, that nature, ha- having the ability to, I mean, we know that platforms like Facebook are leveraged and for a lot of these things that are going on. And so you look at, um, you know, organizations, nonprofits like Thorn that are, that are leveraging a ton of different technologies um, in order to help find, you know, people who have been taken and something like this could be something that is helpful and could be leveraged for the good um, within the platform, right? Maybe identifying those rings and being able to, to help, you know, bring them to justice. So I think that it could be used for good or bad. I mean, it's just like, it's just like any other data, right? Uh, you know, anything that you have, you can use, you can choose uh, as a business or as an individual to use that for, for, you know, good or evil. And so I guess only time will tell how this is going to, to move forward, but it's definitely interesting um, and worth paying attention to. 100%. So, all right. Well, that's our show for this week. Four news stories in there, um, kind of ranging all over the the, uh, the planet a little bit. Um, but some, some interesting stuff. And I think some stuff that really speaks to kind of, um, you know, the need. I think a couple of themes that we keep seeing reinforced there. You know, we talked over the last couple of weeks about um, image-based uh, search and kind of the power of where that's going. I think you could argue that some of what we're seeing here in this last story really kind of draws on that if they're, you know, sort of tying imagery, uh, visual to maps and kind of, you know, kind of correlating that data together from a search perspective could be quite interesting. Um, You know, we've talked a lot about sort of, you know, sort of the the traffic to retail uh, bricks and mortar versus e-commerce and kind of what COVID's doing around that and some of the technologies that are kind of facilitating uh, the new way that we work. Um, We talked about interesting things there with Burger King in terms of, um, and we talked about data. Um, So I I think there's a a bunch of great things in there. And I think, uh, you know, I I continue to be amazed every week with uh, the the innovations and the stories that uh, that we see. So anyhow, for our listeners and viewers, uh, you've been watching or listening to episode number 470 of Location Weekly. We thank you for tuning in every week. Uh, Our contact information is at the end of the show here. Uh, for the video uh, uh, viewers anyways, um, but we're easily found on all the major social channels. So please, uh, you know, give us some feedback, like, follow. If you have story ideas, reach out. Uh, you know, we're easily found on LinkedIn and all those kinds of things. So yeah, thank you everybody. Yeah. Have a great thank week. Thank you Robert Dolan for the uh, Burger King story. Forgot to give a shout out for that. Yes. He sent that over. Yes. <laughs> 100%. So thank you everybody. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you next week for 471. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.